Thank you for joining us wherever you are. This podcast episode is brought to you by the Old Ways Actual Play team. This actual play uses the 5th edition Vampire the Masquerade tabletop role-playing rules by World of Darkness. This actual play is performed by adults and in an adult setting. Listeners should know that this podcast is intended for a mature audience and will include strong language and mature themes. All content, including names, places, events, companies, and so forth, that may bear resemblance to entities living, dead, or undead, is strictly coincidental. My name is Rena Henze, and for tonight's game, I will be your storyteller. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Old Ways podcast, Vampire the Masquerade Chronicle, Shards of San Francisco. I'm your storyteller, Storytellerina, and tonight we are getting into some St. Valentine's Day shenanigans. So we'll see what our coterie gets up to. Um, before we get to that, as always, I'd like to thank our listeners uh, and our Patreon backers for all of your support, listening and otherwise. If you would like to become a member of our Patreon, support the show even further, and also get access to some delightful extra content, including some with our vampires, you can do so at patreon.com slash the old ways podcast. Thank you all for listening. And now let's get into introductions before we start the show. So to my right. Hi, this is Mike and I play Marcus Voss of Clan Bruja. And next to Mike. Hi, I'm John. I play Vince Markovich of Clan Tremere, a very well-balanced young vampire. So well-balanced. Mm-hmm. In one direction or another. And uh, next, John. Hi, my name is Tegan, and I'm playing Rom the Shaman of Clan Malkavian. And at the end of the table. Hi, this is Allie, and I play Katerina Bogdanovich of Clan Toreador. And next to Allie. Hello, hello, my name is Bridget, and I am playing Monica West of Clan Salubri. Indeed you are. And last, but never least. This is Tiffany, and I'm playing Alex Giovanni of Clan Hakata. Wonderful. So we open up this evening on a cold but clear St. Valentine's Day's night. It's a little over a week since the events of the previous episode, and our coterie has been getting up to various things in the meantime. We'll see how that all plays out. Um, But let's start off this cold and clear night with a rouse check from everyone. We'll see what you're going to be getting up to on Valentine's. That is a 10. That is a 7. I'm hungry. (laughs) Okay, so Alex is up to 2 hunger, getting a little peckish. Bridget is fine. I rolled a 10 again. Again. Still feeling a little bit drained, a little bit hungry, Rom, but, you know, you're doing pretty well, all things considered. Monica is also fine. All right, let us get on with the evening. So it is, as I said, fairly clear. There's no rain tonight, no drizzle. The moon is out, thankfully not a blood moon, but it is cold and crisp. And for some people, love is in the air. So... Lots of plans uh, for this particular evening, but let's start off uh, with one Alex Giovanni. So Alex, you have had another week of mortals stopping you on the street and speaking to you 
with the same words, over and over. And last night, as you were headed up to bed, it was the office manager who runs your building, stopping you outside the door to the building, repeating William's insistence that you work together with him. Same words. It's been a couple weeks now. So first, I need to go visit my people and get a bite to eat because that's more important at this point. Mm-hmm. And after I do that, well, first, in the meantime, I was going to have Lila set up Vince's, furnish Vince's place with the things that Mina and I had picked out. So, and then, uh, yeah, so grab a bite to eat and then I will head to Mallet's office. Mm -hmm. So your personal assistant has been spending the past few days, past week or so, ever since you got the lease signed for for Vince and Mina, moving the furniture in and getting everything set up just how Mina likes it. Uh, So it does look very much like a, a Victorian sort of set up in this apartment uh, complete with antique chairs from uh, from the late 1800s antique books and a few other things but Mina seems to be very pleased with it at least she's given you a few scrawls on paper to let you know she's happier there Vince has not moved in yet waiting for the final approval from Lila but Mina has been happily haunting it for the past four or five nights good and then yeah I will head down to Mallet's office. So you get in your car and Ajax takes one look at the slightly cranky look at your on your face and does not say a word uh, as he drives you down to the financial district and to the tall glass building that is the Opticon offices. I will actually, before I get there, I will call on Luther have him help me because I don't think he can enter the building. If he can, then he can come with. Uh, otherwise, if he wants to help keep watch around my car and stuff. He can me. He can enter the building if you take his fetter in and, and call him to manifest there. Well, then yeah. Okay, so you carry the fedora in inside your coat um, and you get a ghostly kind of ripple as Luther somewhere in the ether floats along. Always got to have backup. Always. So you make your way up to the seventh floor, which is where William's main offices are. And the elevator dings after quite a few seconds of Girl from Ipanema and deposits you outside the desk of Sophie, William's personal assistant. She's, as usual, impeccably dressed, hair piled up high on her head, and working on a computer with her long nails clacking on the typewriter or on the keyboard, and she's looking at you. Uh, Miss Giovanni, how may I assist you? Uh, Did you have an appointment? No. Mr. Mallet has sent me several messages, so I'm here. Ah, when uh, Monsieur Mallet is not in this evening, uh, perhaps you can come back uh, tomorrow night. Oh, so I get all the messages and he's going to still not want to meet with me because it's not that urgent. Well, we'll see what time I roll in tomorrow. 
but I'll be here. She smiles very politely. Uh, well, you were given uh, many messages over the last couple of weeks, and uh, Monsieur Mallet's time is very valuable, and he cannot uh, just be sitting here waiting for your pleasure to arrive. Well, maybe if he sent his messengers messages through more reliable and less insulting sources, I would have been here sooner. Because, you know, usually if you want somebody's cooperation, usually want to do something nice for them. She just gives you this polite, bland smile. Uh, that is not uh, my uh, area. I do not send the messages. You can give him that one, though, right? We. Oui. Or is that too hard for you? Her nostrils flare slightly. I will tell Monsieur Malay that you are here and that you will uh, be returning to Mahonite. Sounds good. And then as I go to leave, I will just move everything just a little bit out of whack on the shelves. And then as I leave, I'm going to plant my hand on the glass door and slide it down as I push it open. You can feel the human rage just filling the space behind you and you hear the clicking of someone dialing a number on a, a, a an office phone behind you as you close the door. And then I will uh, like say quietly next to me because I'm assuming Luther's nearby. Uh, you want to move anything else, you can. Or leave another handprint. It's cool with me. There's a low, long chuckle and then a whole bunch of folders go flying off the shelves in the room and one of them actually hits Sophie in the head before <laughs> falling to the ground. Nice. Put my hand up like a high five. <laughs> you you hear a squeak of rage because that's all she can manage. And uh, yeah, I will uh, be back. Oh, uh, I'm going to go stop and see Sebastian, and then I have a party to attend. Okay. So you get in your back in your car. Ajax smiles, noting that you look slightly more pleased than when you went in. And you feel a cold bit of breeze through your gelled hair, uh, usually a sign of approval from Luther and you can drive off towards Elysium. So we'll leave you driving towards Elysium to see Sebastian for the moment. Rom the Shaman, you've got a party tonight that you are hosting. I do have a party tonight that I'm hosting. So uh, how are you preparing for that? Oh, well, honestly, I am preparing myself for the party. The party is getting prepared by my staff and my tribe and all of that work. You know, this is this is like a hierarchy set up here, mm -hmm. you know? I have people, people do things, and then I I just maintain myself now and maintain all of them. Oh god, what am I going to wear tonight? Oh. Okay, so I have found these amazing uh, DKNY pants that are like fake leather. They are horrible though, because they, they can either like, you can't dry clean them and you can't wash them. They're like hand wash only. Um, but they were at Ross for like $2.33. So I got, I snagged those. And over top of that is this absolutely adorable, kind of like flared shirt with uh, 
very black satin, but then on top, it's kind of got like this little fake leather edging on it. Because we're going classy tonight. It is Valentine's Day. And on top of it, barefoot. Somewhere across town, Alex is cringing and doesn't know why. I can feel that. <laughs> you can feel it through the network. Some Malkavian, the some Malkavian at Elysium noticed Alex suddenly wince and you can feel it through the network. And I am walking barefoot on my, the deck of the ship, which, by the way, is covered in non-skid. So like, you would not want to walk barefoot on that. But that's fine. And I'm just checking on various things. I'm making sure that the music is ready. The nondescript music is ready. And the streamers and decorations, the, the balloons. So when Rom looks at the table where there are only human snacks, well, there are human snacks walking around, but snacks for humans, they just sigh and lament that they haven't gotten their hands on any of those delicious bloody crumpets. So I am checking my time mm-hmm. and I'm seeing if when how long I have till any guests show up. You've got about an hour until the first guests arrive. So you have a little bit of time, not too much. You've spent so much time getting ready. It's much later than you were expecting. Have you invited your coterie to attend? Alex obviously is would have been invited as part of the temple, but Oh God. Absolutely. Or O'Kane. I, I have absolutely just invited everyone. In fact, Marcus has gotten like a like two invitations. Two? Two invitations. Well, I didn't know where to send it, so I like I probably like taped one to the Connex box and then sent one to the office. You know, now that he's in in this position of leadership, you know, the, the, you know, I, I have to be seen that the, the Baron is here, that this is sanctioned, that this is approved. And so I, I've, 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 I've even probably sent a runner along just to make sure that anything that is necessary or needed is being taken care of. Because if, if nothing else, Ram is a sycophant. So. I never would have guessed Oh, good. Never crossed my mind. Training sycophant. Those are the words that will be on my second gravestone. So Ram is is getting ready for the party, having uh, invited everyone and is bemoaning the lack of edible pastries for vampire kind. Baron Voss and Katerina, are you planning to attend Ram's party this evening? Yeah, I think we would at least make an appearance. It's a party that's happening in a protected portion of the barony. And so we should at least make an appearance. It would be very upsetting to Ram if we didn't. So say the two invitations he's sent. And so we wouldn't want to disappoint dear Ram, especially after all we've, we've been through. It's so much history. I think I am very interested to see if um, he would have perhaps invited his, uh, what I can only imagine is either former and or current, Malkavian Whip. Perhaps will be an appearance by Roger. We would very much like to see Roger again. He was fun. There's not enough fun in our world yet. But give it time. 
so yeah this evening or um the the this evening then we would uh, certainly be prepared to make an appearance wonderful uh so you have a little time to get ready uh, do you have any business that you need to attend to this evening before you get to the fun part well business Yes, I I would like to get an update, I suppose, then from the information that Jane may have come back with. It's been several days. It's been, what, uh, eight or nine nights now since the meeting in the office. So I would guess I would want to get their impression of the space and then any other information that might trickle in about um, the kindred of the barony we would be most observant of. So... Jane has left you a packet of information down on your desk. Uh, Esmeralda says it was dropped off um, by a very strange looking human who then disappeared into the night. Um, But Jane leaves you a note on top of it saying that she's uh, assisting Frank with some entertainment this evening for Valentine's in the Castro. And so uh, couldn't make it herself, but she's written up all of her notes. Both Jane and Katerina probably would have uh, let you know about Vince's human sacrifice room. I don't know if Katerina did, but Jane definitely did. So uh, she she writes, Jane starts off with another note about, so human sacrifice, thoughts? I'm thinking no. And that's just the, the, the very first page. That's all it says. And then... She leaves you some notes uh, about various humans in the area she's noticed and the kind of working conditions that they're in, their living conditions, and the kind of equipment she'd need to help people in this particular area. She also leaves you a note about Frank's doings down in the Castro. Says, Frank still wishes you were here, he says. Also wants to know how the shoulder plates are doing sort of furrow my brow at the commentary there. Don't know what that means, but that's just what he said to say. So trails off. Jane very much writes stream of consciousness. It's like she's not really used to actually writing things, so she writes the way she talks. Fair enough. I suppose I'd want to, after reading Jane's information, revisit the situation with Vince and sort of get Katerina's opinion again on what Vince was suggesting just to make sure that it wasn't being misread by Jane. I don't want to go full-on accusatory of what we ran into into in Vince's sire's home. <laughs> I I went into that basement first. I, I saw that room that was set up, the space that was set up there. If that is what's being suggested, that is a bridge too far for me. So, yeah, I would ask... I would inquire with, with you, Katerina, as far as what Vince was actually suggesting. Is there any sort of space here? Is there something being misconstrued? Oh, no. He vents a ritual space. Do you understand to what end? Not completely. Mostly that he mm, wants to experiment on very likely kindred and kind of like. Hmm. This is troubling. Yes. He mentioned that with the tinted heroin still circulating, he needs a space to experiment because 
He doesn't want any more vampires melting. His words, not mine. Melting. Is he presuming that humans may melt? Kindred melting. I'm going to have to have a talk with Vince. Yes. There is no circumstance that I can think of that would allow for our young Tremere to be granted a space like that. I will um, put away the the report and uh, put it in one of the put it in our safe here, so that way uh, we have that on lockdown. And then uh, say, how do you feel about an eleven o'clock arrival at the party? Is there a problem? No. Whenever you would like to go. Would you prefer to go earlier? I would prefer not to go at all. We, the coterie was was through an awful lot. Yes, and the support is helpful, and I realize that. But I, I'm not looking forward to the activities that people likely encounter. Oh. Well, you're not going to be required to partake, if that's the question. No, and I would not. I would also prefer not to seize them, but that is neither here nor there. Well, we can be brief, but still be social. After all, many of the kindred that are there may be those that we have to work with later. Yes. All right. I'll be getting ready a little later. I'm going to um, prioritize Vince. Would you like company? No, my dear. I think this is something I best handle myself. Understood. Okay, so are you taking any of your security with you? Uh, I probably shouldn't row without them, but Mm -hmm. I don't need a a ton of them. On the way, I'm going to be because I believe I have her number um, and Monica can correct me if I'm wrong but I believe I have Monica's phone number a way to get a hold of her directly now yeah she hit you up in a panic like literally right right two yeah, hours no, no, after I... she left Fort Knox that first time yeah mm-hmm. yes yes uh, I'm gonna call Monica on the way so Monica it's Valentine's night uh, you've had treats and a cash gift, cash app gift sent to your ghouls. With all really cheesy lines. Like, they all know she's a vampire. So it's like, one gets like, you drive me batty. And like, I can show you a bloody good time. Like, they're all super cheesy vampire safe phrasings with these $500 cash app drops. Mm-hmm. You, you send them the usual cheesy vampire puns, which they all think is hilarious, and the group chat on your phone just kind of blows up with all of these laughing emojis, and they're sending pictures of the different messages they got, uh, (laughs) and and voting who got the cheesiest. Yes! But uh, Chase has gone out for part of the evening. He promises you that he'll be back with a snack to celebrate Valentine's later. And he just kind of kisses you on the forehead and ruffles your hair before he goes out the door. And as he goes out and you feed the cats, you get a phone call from one Marcus Voss. Okay. She's like 
probably answering that phone while simultaneously fussing at a cat. Like, nope, stop it. I understand that you don't like liver, but that's all the store had. Hi, Baron. I mean, Marcus. Hi. Hello, Monica. How are you? Um, I'm actually okay. I'm actually okay. How are you? Good. I'm quite well this evening. Quite well. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to you and to Miss Bogdanovich as well. I will let her know when I see her next. I I have been lately been quite concerned about a matter within the barony, and I was hoping that um, you and I would get an opportunity to speak about it later. Okay. Um, I take it this is an in-person conversation? No, most certainly. Okay. Well... Most certainly. My schedule is just so incredibly... Ow, ow, God, the claws, the claws, the claws. Sorry, when did you want to meet? Oh, will you be attending the um, soiree on the boat tonight? Yeah, unless Justin got invited and that invitation went this way. She paused and she says, um, no, I don't think I was fortunate, uh, fortunate enough to get an invitation to that. Well, allow me to update their guest list. What is this? Well, a member of um, San Francisco's most infamous coterie uh, is having a social gathering on the bay this evening. A special houseboat warming, I believe. And I'm certain that um, the owner of said boat would be more than interested with having you there. Is this the Malkavian? It is. Yeah, I've heard of him, them. Could you clarify the pronouns for me? No, I believe both would work. Okay. Yeah. Is this a recreational invitation or do you want me to go and work it? Oh, no, no. No, <laughs> no simply recreation. I wouldn't think of tasking you with the work on their boat. So apologies for me pushing this direction, but do they have anyone on staff that you're aware of that is protecting the masquerade, looking after the kind. You know, this is something that I used to do before I got pushed out of my life. I make a mental note when she says pushed out of Well, it's my understanding that Rom is obeying the Baronese guidelines, which include the masquerade. Uh, It is also my understanding that the boat will be moored somewhere off the main coastline, which should lessen the concern. But that said, I'm certain that my presence there will assist and reinforce any sort of masquerade issues we could have there. You have so much more confidence in Kindred than I do. But no, sure, I'll, I'll be happy to attend as a guest. Well, if nothing else, my presence there could be be assistance in punitive matters. The masquerade will be enforced one way or the other. That's part of the rules. That wasn't a challenge. You do know that, right? Of course. Uh, I also do know my coterie mate and how they enjoy pushing the boundaries. Well, yeah, they have a reputation. I haven't met them, but they have a reputation. Brahm has been nothing but nice to me ever since I met them. Oh, no, I'm talking about the quality of their parties. Oh, well. Again, I worked that circuit. I had this, oh my goodness, and she's already off on a completely different conversation. But she's like, oh, I had this potential client come in once. 
And we were going over the spec, how many kindred, how many kind, you know, what the food was going to be, the setup. And and he made the statement, oh, this is going to be a ROM party. And at that point, I hadn't heard the name before. And then I didn't stop hearing it. Hmm. Very well. Very well. Uh, I, um, I appreciate you bringing this to my attention. I'm certain that the party will be unforgettable. That is a choice selection of God damn it with the claws and the phone accidentally hangs up. I let it go. So I know I'm heading to Vince's. The last thing I need to do is I need to pen a letter, a very short one. Okay. So I'm going to do that after I talk to Vince. Okay. So Katerina, Marcus was a little cold as he left. Not in his attitude towards you, but you could feel sort of the air around him. You've been living with Marcus long enough that at this point you've started to become attuned to some of his moods and just his body language in the way that he moves. And when he leaves the Haven to go have a word with Vince, you get a bit of a chill up your spine. But you have other things to worry about this evening. And one of them is a social event that you really don't want to have to go to. That's true. But, but, uh, well, living with the Baron means you have some social obligations, so. Also true. As you are getting ready, you get an incoming text message. No, who's texting me? You check your phone, and it's from... The usual suspect, the only one other than Marcus who texts you, which would be Ray Ray. Oh, all right. What's he want? Ray Ray, by your request, has given you your space. He doesn't bother you that often, but he does check in every now and then to see, uh, as he puts it, make sure you're still breathing, which usually makes you chuckle. But tonight, he says, probably got plans for Valentine's with your boo, But, uh, when are we having a double date, huh? You can't say no to me on Valentine's Day. Another text pops up. I don't type fast enough to retort to that. (laughs) And Ray Ray knows that. He knows that I don't type fast enough to retort. The stare at this text message is very long. Ray Ray's more fun than an orgy party, that's for fucking sure. And I'll type back real slow. We're going to a party, but I don't know how long we'll be there. And after that, we have no plans, as far as I know. Uh, you get it, like six or seven exclamation points. Don't tease me. Not a tease. Promise. I can't guarantee anything. And if not tonight, tomorrow? That might be more easily arranged. Cool. Bring the boy toy. Love you. I love you too. And that's what you end up with as you're getting ready for this party. You have somehow agreed to a double date with Ray Ray and his partner, Raul. And Marcus is unaware of this. Yeah. So good luck. It's going to go real, real good. So you get ready for the party. What are you wearing this evening? Oh, you know, something probably, realistically, it's probably either... No, it's going to be black and it's just going to be nicely form fitting without being overkill. I'm not going to wear 
huge heels. Actually, it's February. With it being February and cool enough out, I have my leather jacket because I don't really go anywhere without that. I've got like ankle boots on with just a black dress. Nothing fancy, just nice enough that it suits any party or almost any party. Wonderful. So you will be ready when Marcus returns and uh, you will have to share some news with him. Maybe. Unless you're planning on kidnapping him tomorrow night, which will not go very well for anybody. Speaking of the Baron, let's have a look in on how Marcus's meeting with Vince is going. Do you drive yourself uh, or do you have your security drive you? Uh, I'm going to drive myself, but I'll have my security follow. I'm not willing to abdicate driving just yet. I thought not. So you drive yourself with another car at a respectful distance behind you, but close enough that if they need to roll out of the car and bite someone's head off, they could. Uh, And you pull up outside of the dilapidated older building that Vince is still in. He's supposed to move into the new place tomorrow, but he's still hanging out here for lack of a, a better place to go at the moment. All right. I'll uh, step out of the car and under the watchful gaze of some of my protective detail, knock on the front door. Okay. So Vince, you were invited to Rom's party this evening because Rom still likes you. Were you planning on attending kind of hummed and hawed about it a bunch to be honest. I don't think I'd be the best guest. I don't feel like I'd be very fun. It's not like when Karen was around. So kind of was kind of going to go, oh, I'm going to see if I can make it and then kind of just not show up. You know, respond yes on Facebook, but not actually attend and say at last minute something came up. That was the plan. That's the plan. Okay, so you had written back because you know you can't use uh, Facebook you Mm -hmm. had written back to Rom that you'd try and make it uh, but you have absolutely no intention of doing so you don't really like other people's company anymore it still feels a bit weird to you you miss having Mina around all the time she kind of goes back and forth between the new place and yours and when she has energy to talk to you she talks to you about uh, the the antique chairs that have been moved in and how Alex's personal assistant actually managed to find a desk that Mina had used back in the 1890s and uh, just how excited she was to, to have that but you realize you don't actually enjoy being around other vampires as much because it's too much talking and too much looking at you. And it's just, it's not pleasant. And there's also the whole attempted assassinations part, which I've not been very keen on, if I'm honest. No, there's been a couple. And there's also the fact that you know that if you go to this party, anyone who looks at your aura is going to get an eyeful of those nasty black lines. Sometimes I just look at my own arm with the with my spirit vision and I'm just like, oh, look at me. And it's not yeah, great. Yeah, not great. It's, it's not a good vibe for you. Mm-mm. So, I mean, if it was Halloween, maybe 
but not for Valentine's Day. Yeah, exactly. And like last Valentine's Day, Karen was still alive and that was pretty great. We had good times. You had a really interesting night. Yep. But uh, tonight you're sitting in one of the three rooms of this dusty old apartment and your books are just kind of stacked on the floor around you. You haven't even put them on bookshelves because the, the one bookshelf you have is, is mildewed. Uh, in here, you you haven't even moved your furniture over from the, the previous bungalow because you hadn't thought about it. It hadn't actually crossed your mind. You were too busy with ritual things and blood and all of that. And avoiding, again, avoiding assassins. <laughs> Yes, avoiding assassination attempts has been a big thing for you lately. Uh, so you might be a bit surprised when there's a knock on your door. Hmm. Uh, Vince has actually been doing one thing before Max arrived, and that's he's actually started thinking maybe he can make it up to Mina by tracking down Kate. But uh, yeah, he's just thinking about that as he's answering the door. Mm-hmm. There's just a bunch of loose notes like, as per usual, Vince will stand to the right of the door and open it slowly tilting his head oh Marcus and then just like closes it un- takes the chain off he's like I don't know why I bother really if someone wanted to send an assassin they'd send someone like you and that the door wouldn't stop them I raised my eyebrow I said like you not you I don't think they have more than one won't you come in certainly I step inside Now, I haven't seen Vince in a few weeks, maybe more. Yeah, you haven't really seen him since Christmas, right? Since the whole group got together to talk about things. He's he's been kind of secretive and quiet. And the few times you've met with, say, Rom or or Alex, he's just never shown up. He's always said something's come up. So all you have from him for for the last month and a half or so is reports from your security people, from Jane, from Jean, uh, and of course from Katerina. Certainly. How's life, Vince? How's it treating you? You know, Marcus, it's it's been rough. I realized I caused a lot of trouble for a lot of people, even though I tried to do the right things. Here, I want to show you something. And he he like leads you to a wall like a pile of papers on the floor and it's just like scraps with just like loose handwriting and he's just like because I kind of lost control and um, well committed diablery I figure I can't really go out so much and that's why I've been keeping a low profile I've actually been starting to look into Mina's daughter I'm thinking that maybe, based on what Alex explained to me about fetters, I think I'm one of the things that binds Mina to San Francisco. Uh, it's just some little research I've been doing on my own. And, uh, you know, I just... Maybe there's a better fetter than Vince Markovich. That would make sense. So you're trying to find a replacement that Mina can be tied to, yes? Yeah, I, um... Marcus, I've done a lot for my only relative that I can talk to, which is Mina. I thought I was making everything, you know, better by getting us out of the bungalow before, I don't know, William Mallet sent some guys to commit arson in the daytime when I was asleep. I didn't mean to put her in that situation, but I guess I did. And I feel like a bastard for it. So I've mostly been feeling kind of sorry for myself. 
uh, and contemplating what I think William Mallet would do to fuck with us. And I can't think of anything he wouldn't do to fuck with us. I tend to agree. Uh, Mallet's aims will be multi-pronged and he's likely to try to pull in local allies as best he can. He'll use favors from the White Tower to pull different clans in different directions. And we already know that Phoebe is likely part of that assault. Yeah, she's definitely part. And he's going to relay the information that Phoebe's daughter gave him. He's like, so yeah, she's she's in tight with, she sees opportunities for her. Opportunities by? Oh, by working with Mallet uh, to, to work up within the, the cam. I, uh, I don't know what I can do about it. I've just, she's way more powerful than I am. Yep. And I don't know what to do. Unfortunately, it seems that, and I don't know the entire gritty, ugly details of the conversation that happened between grandmother and some of the coterie. I'm aware that there were conversations that did happen. Perhaps there were promises that were made about her child, Zachariah. And we also know that those went up in smoke. Vince just looks down into a corner. (laughs) He's just like, yep. And so now we have not only the hardcore Camarilla members who are following the Prince Regent, we have a potential ally in a very potent Tremere, someone like Grandmother, who could at least be perhaps a leveling influence not wanting to see the city ripped into thousands of pieces while kindred fight and vie for power as they've always done. Her her lot may be cast with them and it may make them ultimately more powerful. And that, again, will lay at your feet. I, uh... And Vince looks you dead in the eye. He's just like, I don't... Because I don't know how long I can keep going. I, uh, I thought I was doing right things. I avenged someone I loved, and I did everything I thought was right. And did I get? Did I cross a lot of personal lines to do it? Yes. I'm not who I was six months ago. I'm. I've done things that I can't imagine. So I don't know who I really am. So, yeah, I, look, I, I appreciate you taking me in and doing so much to do right by me. But, uh, I hate the cam more than I like living. And I, uh, I'm going to ask that you don't give me to, to them alive. But, if you need to sacrifice me, then do it. I'm ready. I, uh, I've been thinking about it. That's why I'm looking for, for Kate. I don't think I can keep going. You know what, Vince? I agree. I'm going to make a rouse check. All right, that's a seven. Um, so I'm going to activate fleetness. And when I do, I'm going to produce a stake faster than you can see. And I'm going to drive it into your chest. Marcus is looking you dead in the eyes, Vince. And he says, I agree. 
and his eyes glint slightly red for a split second. But you don't really have time to think or react before something sharp and wooden enters your chest and you feel a sharp pain in your heart as a stake is driven through it. Vince is momentarily confused, but ultimately he's seen this coming. Ever since last week with the conversation with Katarina, he's been thinking a couple of steps ahead and he's realized he has crossed the line for even the people that he does actually care about from asset to be helped. He has crossed over to liability and um, he's kind of sick of hurting everybody. He's really... He doesn't feel anything when he does it anymore, but he knows that that's not what he does. Because you're not resisting and you're not fighting it, Marcus is not going to need to worry about damage, mechanically speaking. You're almost embracing it, even without knowing it, as the stake pierces through your heart and you start to fall backwards. You are still conscious. You're still aware, but you can't move. You can't do anything, really. You can't speak. It's like you're frozen, wide-eyed and staring as you fall to the ground. All Vince can think is, this is for the best. This is... This is going to help everybody. It'll be right. And they'll find somebody who can do what I can do, but better. That's not hard. And they'll, they'll get by. Maybe, maybe they'll honor my request and not hand me over alive. It's kind of the best thing I can hope for. So I'm going to ease Vince's body onto the ground. He's not the first vampire I've staked. And then I think I'm going to dutifully collect his notes on Mina's family. And I'm going to make sure I have the sort of all the likely esoteric scraps of paper that are around here. As he went from sad Davenport to broken recliner and made notes, I'll check to make sure that there's not scribblings in the bathroom or something. I'm also taking a few minutes and basically turning over the house to make sure that there isn't a swarm of humans somewhere in a closet or something like that. And then I call Takashi and tell him that he has a residence. I need him to bleach. You you don't find a murder basement or anything like that. There's some blood drippings on the floor in a couple rooms, but it doesn't look like anybody was flat out blood ritualed in here, which is perhaps some cold comfort. But you collect up all of his books and his notes. You put the notes about uh, about Kate into a particular folder so that they're all in one place. Really only have a couple boxes, cardboard boxes worth of, of items that he's left lying around. Yeah. Essentially what I want to make sure is that there's no kindred information that's being left lying around. And that would include any sort of occultic writings uh, from Clan Tremere, any sort of workings, ritual papers, uh, especially any information he may have on the cleansing ritual itself, that has to come with me. 
Um, because unfortunately, I had to stake our own wizard tonight. Um, because he's a liability. Uh, which means we're down a wizard now, and that's a problem for a, a whole host of reasons, but we'll get to that. And then I, given the, the strength, will roll Vince up in a carpet because I don't have any bags with me. They're back at... The only bags I have, garbage bags I have, are ROMs, and they're back at the the container at this point. And so... Actually, I don't have to step outside at all. I'll text one of the guard drivers and have um, them send someone in. Okay. One of your security detail comes in. Fairly big, muscular-looking person. Ex-wrestler. I need the carpet and its contents delivered to a specific address. You're to be exceedingly discreet. There'll be a few people who will meet you there for renovation work. After they prepare the place, you'll place the carpet in the hole and we'll cover it up. You got it, boss. They just pick up the carpet with one arm and sling it over their shoulder. They don't even question you. Where are you sending them? I'm sending them to the house address that, well, one of the cover houses that I addressed that were possible moving points for Vince in my mind. Like I'd probably made just a couple of collective places where he could go to be closer to me in the event that he went well into left field, which he has. And so the intention here is to have my contacts uh, dig a hole in a house that we own in the basement, put Vince in said hole, cover it in in concrete, and then put in a rec room and then lock the house up and essentially have a ghoul or a guard live in that house. Because Vince is now in witness protection. When I return to my vehicle, I am penning the following letter to grandmother. Dearest grandmother, I understand that a younger member of Clan Tremere has upset you in a most grievous way. While I realize our sects may differ, we are both kindred. Allow me to handle this issue as it sits within my barony. In exchange for this service, ensure me that Miss Vaness won't many make any more further incursions. And when I spell Vaness, I am giving both S's in her name a very classic World War II version. I sign it Baron Voss. You have this letter dispatched, perhaps handed to Esmeralda, and she has it hand-delivered by someone to grandmother's home as uh, the carpet containing one Vincent Markovich is carried off to a safe house. There's already a team there working on creating a hole in one of the interior walls where the young Tremere who has lost his way can be safeguarded for a few years or however long it takes. He will eventually, as his hunger grows, lose consciousness and slip into torpor after a few nights of not feeding. And he'll sleep a long, dreamless sleep until it's time for him to come out and find his redemption. So, Alex, 
you are on your way to a party after having really pissed off Sophie Archambault at William's office. Luther has half scribbled out a note indicating that he's got something on the other side. Wink face. You don't know what that means, but he's disappeared into the ether. You can't feel his presence. But you've decided to stop by the apartment you've set up for Mina and pick her up to see if she wants to go to the party with you, considering she's mentioned being bored recently. But now I'm kind of hesitating because of Luther. But, I mean, I'll still go. And, I mean, it's, it's my apartment, basically, at this point. You stop by the apartment and, you know, you've got keys, you go in. It's, it feels cold in here. Very cold. I guess then I'm going to stay at the door and uh, quietly ask, Mina, do you have company? There's a ruffle in your hair cold breeze and then you see the flickering shape of a person you've never seen Mina manifest before other than that ghostly hand she kind of used to direct you to a good place for her to haunt and you see this shimmering outline of an older woman gray hair pulled back in a bun she's wearing a Victorian style dress Uh, with a little cameo brooch and you see these black lines running all through her and she is mouthing something at you but she doesn't seem to have the strength to get the words out uh I will put my phone on the table like with the message you know messages open or notes or whatever Mm -hmm. so maybe it'll be easy just to tap instead of actually write something out You put the messenger app open on your phone and the specter looks at it and just kind of flickers out and then flickers back in and then disappears. And you see the phone moving slightly and the screen lights up as she's tapping. Vince. Wrong. Cold. Cold. I will pick up my phone and try calling Vince. It rings and rings. Marcus, did you take Vince's phone with you? Yeah, absolutely. It's on vibrate, of course. Okay, so Marcus, you finish writing your letter and Vince's phone in that cardboard box on the seat starts to vibrate. I look at the number. Alex Giovanni. And pick the phone up. Hello. Uh... What's wrong with Vince? Nothing. Mina says otherwise. Vince is being taken care of. He stepped over a serious line. You didn't kill him, did you? No, of course not. Okay. He's in torpor. I'm going to text you an address. Okay? Okay. Vince will be safe. I don't know if that'll make Mina any better, but... Well, listen... I can't please everybody. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, but he saved us, but he's alive. So, well, not, you know what I mean. I do. I have some important information for you in regards to Mina. We should be. Uh, 
Okay. Well, I'm going to the party. I'm also meeting he who shall not be named tomorrow. What? Trust me, it's it's fine. It's 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 the thing that we talked about. Sure. So. Yes, uh, party. Katerina, I will see you there. I hang the phone up. I will uh, look in Mina's direction and say that it looks as if Vince couldn't be saved right now. So he's going to have to wait until a future date. Cold. Yeah. And he's going to be for a while. What can I do? Kate. Well, I have a meeting to, I don't know, discuss something about you if you want to come. I was going to go to a party tonight and ask if you wanted to come with me, but I don't think you want to. No. Sad. Yeah. Poor kid. Yeah. He tried. I agree. I just... Your clan has a way of finding that slippery slope and then sliding with butter all the way down it. Ouch. But fair. Okay. Tired. I will check on you. You still have this place until I'm no longer able to pay for it. Okay. And you feel that kind of coldness in the air sort of slipping away like Mina's pulling back you don't know if it, she needs to gather more strength or or anything but the fact that her main other fetter has been put into torpor is probably not great for her at the moment uh, but she disappears you get your phone back and you can head to the party at the at the boat Rom it's time for everything to kick off and car loads of vampires and their very happy ghouls all in well most of them are dressed like cupids the ghouls of various stages of cupidism um it's some of it's creepy some of it's cute uh but there's a lot of ghouls running around with bows and arrows with the arrows Plush tipped, but they go around poking people with them. And none of them are very good at actually shooting. And you see the the blonde girl who was really into you when you first went with Alex. Uh, you see her trying to shoot an arrow at you, and she, it just drops to the ground. And she gets she just drops it. She looks a little, maybe a little drunk. That's fantastic. I'm gonna whisper in someone's ear to go help take care of her. And so one of your ghouls just kind of laughs and goes off to her. We've we've got a full bar. We've also got snacks. Come on this way. And she's like, oh, oh, but there's such a snack over there. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Oh, God. She looks back over her shoulder at you and wiggles her eyebrows. Says, hey, Captain, you're welcoming the Temple of Michael. There's also, there's some other Malkavians here. You haven't seen Sir Roger yet, but... I'm looking for Sir Roger. His presence or absence will be noted. Mm-hmm. You get a note handed to you by one of the other Malkavians. 
who just winks at you and kind of floats along. Uh, and the note says that uh, Sir Roger will be attending, but later in the evening, as he has some other business to attend to. Excellent. And I crumple it up and I, I throw it down a porthole into some okay. interior space. So there's mostly other members of the barony here, those who've gone over into Marcus's territory. There's some gangrel that show up and you see who you now know to be Mariam, who is the chief of the gangrels now. Uh, she comes in, she's dressed in white tunic over leggings and she's got a red scarf around her hair and she looks at you and she flashes her fangs and says I told the sharks to stay away tonight and drifts past you how good of you how good of you yes and as I know. as I, I I'm just kind of like internalizing that and looking from side to side and down for a moment because um, Rom is paranoid right now Rom is anticipating something happening. Rom is absolutely sure that everything can't go off without a hitch. And I'm mm -hmm. keeping an eye out for my Coterie members, each and every yep. one of them. So the first person to arrive is Alex, first member of your Coterie, who rolls up in the Lexus. You look down and you see Ajax is very pointedly staring straight ahead not looking at the boat as AJ as Alex gets out Alex Alex darling look at what we've done look at how good it looks it's so good I'm gonna like just like wave a minute and then look at Ajax like lean in his window and tell him uh do you want me just to text you so that you can do whatever you need to do. Get a heart-shaped pizza or... Please. Okay. Have a good night. I'll see you later. Thank you. And he speeds off. <laughs> Get up here. Get up this gangplank. Come on. Come on. Come check this out. You have to come see this. I will go see what Rom is on about. Though I'm pretty sure I know what's going on and what it looks like. But that's okay. Absolutely. Well, I, I mean, I mean, I've been consulting with with uh, the uh, <coughs> wink wink group um, about needs and services, and you know all that kind of stuff. So uh, I hope everything is everybody's satisfaction. How are you doing? Why you look calm? You look down? You look? You know what's going on? I have things I can't discuss right now. Yeah, okay. What else is fucking new? Well, where can we get you set up? Do you have, like, kit or anything? Or... I know you're into kind of, like, the, you know, the, the harder stuff, so I didn't know if you had, like, a suitcase or something. I I don't know what I'm doing tonight, so... Uh, you seem very, very distracted. Yeah. There's a lot going on. Probably uh, be in my room if you need anything. Or if Sebastian shows up. Do you want me to send Sebastian down to you? Well, I mean, him and I usually talk. Uh, but if he doesn't notice, I mean, I guess it's not a big deal. I'll give him your room number. Alex, you're not... 
you're not telling me things and i i get that you can't tell me everything but and i'm gonna say this while smiling so nobody else sees that i'm upset right now but if there's if there's something going on that might affect you know the safety and security of this event i need you to fucking tell me it's the opposite of that but i'm not gonna ruin your night because i actually care about you Oh, shit. Well, uh, I am speechless. I'm just going to grab Ram by his cheeks, kiss him on the forehead, and walk towards my room. I'm just going to let Alex go. Absolutely. So in in this slightly stunned silence after that, you see another car pull up. This is not one that you recognize. Uh, you you see a black Mercedes pulling up. It's it's interesting. You're not sure why it's interesting, but it gives you a little tickle in your in your brain. And the doors open, and you see two vampires you don't recognize. They they both have third eye in the middle of their foreheads. And this gives me tickles. I get I get I have brain tickles. Yeah, it's a, it's a little different. I'm allergic. All right. You see a a tall man with olive skin and very piercing eyes wearing a very neatly tailored suit. It is as impeccable as Alex in the way he's dressed. Uh, and he opens the door to the other vampire, Monica. You get out of the car. Chase opens the door for you. You don't have to cover your, your third eye here. You know you're going to a kindred party. The Baron has told you so. Um, and all three of your eyes look around in wonder at this massive yacht that is docked here <laughs> with all the other boats in the area. But it, there's music, there are people moving around, you hear laughter, and there's uh, Rom, who you don't know to be Rom yet, but a very, very Malkavian-looking Malkavian with a top knot and leather pants or fake leather pants standing at the top of the gangplank standing at the top of the gangplank looking down at you so chase is dressed absolutely exquisitely which you can expect from daddy um however she had this super gorgeous like asymmetrical satin lace black and red ballroom gown ready to go she looked stunning in it chase loved it she loved it and she looked at her emt jumpsuit in the closet and was like no, nah, I'm not going to risk it. She's actually in her jumpsuit right now. So she will explain that to Marcus if they run into each other. But she made an executive decision and chose for the help, <laughs> for the purpose of helping to enforce boundaries. Chase is here, but still, they're not going to be connected at the hip the entire time. Marcus can't be everywhere at all times. And she knows the reputation for these parties. She just made an executive decision. She does have something special to put on when they get back home for Chase. But for right now, she's in her jumpsuit. So Chase smiles down at you, offers you his arm, and uh, says, shall we go, my dear? Kisses you on the forehead. She wants to nuzzle back to him, but she she's attempting to not be as flagrant in public. So she kind of more like just nuzzles him, but just allows him to take her arm and they'll, they'll head up the ramp. So Rom these two vampires come up the the gangplank and you know even though you've never seen 
this clan before. The third eye is fairly obvious. This is Clan Salubri. You didn't even oh. know there were Salubri in town. Well, this is quite a treat. I assume as they come up the gangplank. I'm so glad that you got on board before we leave the pier. I am waiting on a couple extra people, and I, you know. But, hi. I don't think we've met. Hi. No, but you're waiting on a few people. I take that to be Ram the Shaman? That is correct. And she'll extend a hand over to him. Absolutely. And I will take that hand and and uh, place uh, the, the, the tiniest of peck on the third knuckle. And um, it is, I am absolutely uh, enchanted. I, I see, I like your outfit. I like this. I'm trying putting together the pun or the the thing you got going on. We got hearts and blood. So we again, you've got the EMT thing going on. <laughs> I I'm getting a. Is this a thing? Hi, thank you so much for having us. We really appreciate it. We were forwarded an invitation by Baron Voss. Oh, and please, uh, may I introduce my sire, uh, Chase Oros? Oh, hello. Chase bows, but you can feel that third eye of his just kind of scanning you very slowly. That's fine. In the inside of my head, I'm humming something, so it's fine. It's- <laughs> I'm sure they're picking up that just like do 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 do. So you 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 don't get the feeling that they're looking into your mind. It's not like they're part of a network. It's just the the fact that they're around gives you a kind of different feeling in your brain than any other kind of vampire that you've been around. Uh, Especially with that third eye open watching you. Oh, okay. And her third eye is the judgmental one. So it looks at you like you're an asshole. No, it's cool. Cool. I, you know, I might just think the itching is, I mean, a lot of my cools are micro dosing right now. So it could be that. Anyways, so have you ever been to so have you ever been to an event uh hosted by the order of michael she throws a glance towards chase and then she'll look at just like no i can't say that i have well absolutely well i am i'm a bit of a neophyte when it comes to this order but we have several other members of their group on board that can introduce you to the various events um, and and information that we have here, I think you're going to. Wait, have, is it a cult? It is. I mean, what's not a cult? Anyways, I mean, Peloton is a cult. You know, Herbalife is a cult. You're at a party, and you're going to have, trust me, the most amazing time. So, I would just like to introduce you to. If you go to the back of the deck, we do have this wonderful pool. Um, set up back there. I know you can't really, you know, people with our condition can't really sunbathe, but you can absolutely moonbathe on that lovely deck tonight as we pull out of the pier and under the bridge in just about an hour. Rom, there's something about this speech that you just made and your passion and your enthusiasm and your energy um, the more she looks at you, it's just, it's evident on her face. The more she likes you, you can see her lips spreading further and further into a smile. You can see her eyes lighting up and she, she chews on her bottom lip for a moment. She says, this, 
again, thank you for having us. It's interesting. I have, sorry, this is like a really antiquated term, but I can't, I can't think of another word to say it, but I have a ward uh, that's actually one of Chase's schools and she's studying clan history right now. And she loves, 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 loves Malkavians. She will not allow us to move forward off of clan Malkavian. And she said something to me that I think is really evident right now as I'm just looking at you. A Malkavian who is comfortable in their madness is one of the most beautiful things on earth. Oh, well, thank you. I, I think, yes, thank you. It was awkward, but it was definitely a compliment. Thank you so much for having us aboard your cult folk. Uh, uh, not a cult. Anyway, so welcome on board. Uh, so as Monica and Chase move off, Chase looks at you and he smiles and says, I've been to the temple once before. And he winks at you with all three eyes and drifts off. She'll playfully turn and she's going to start doing an actual working circuit of this event. How many layers? How many people? How many kind can she smell? Are people behaving themselves? I mean, she's going room by room, layer by layer, anywhere that she has access. She is working. She will play later on tonight. She is working right now. Okay. So you and Chase move around. And Rom, you turn back to the gangplank just as... Two more cars pull up. One of them, the the second car, no one gets out. But from the first car, you see Marcus Voss get out of the driver's seat, his usual vehicle, and open the door on the passenger side for Katerina. Oh, thank God. I'll go ahead and wave to them from the rim of the boat. Yeah, I'll acknowledge Ron and uh, move towards the boat. All right. Well, as you come up the gangplank, um, I am going to go ahead and give a very sweeping bow to the the Baron von Voss. Yeah, I uh, extend my arm and let Katarina take the uh, walk first. Yeah, there's a uh, small like pat on the shoulder and off into the party I go. There are no words exchanged here. <laughs> It's lovely to see you, too. All right, that's great. I had a whole thing. Anyways, Marcus, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I sort of adjust the leather sport coat that I'm wearing. and You can hear the creaks. What's up with Alex? Well, I think anyone likely in Alex's position is probably weighed greatly by the information network that they help maintain. Oh, I can definitely feel that. Uh, God, I'm losing myself. But you know what they say? Just keep slurping. Just keep slurping. Anyways, I think you will find this event absolutely to your primal tastes. We have... The most amazing guests uh, tonight. Um, Did you know that the United States swim team happened to have been in town? The Olympic swim team. I was not aware. Well, trust me, if you head back to the pool area, you'll become very aware of many things which are cut very huh anyways sorry i was in my own head for a moment right when are you not really uh when i'm in other people's heads 
I need to know one very important thing. When do we cast off? Honestly, I mean, unless anyone else shows up in the next 10 minutes, I was mostly waiting for you to make your um, fashionably late appearance. Good. It would be good to be away from the dock just to be safe. You didn't bring any ghouls or anything with you? No, it wasn't necessary. Understood. If they're drinking, if if one of the kind are drinking from a green solo cup, I just wanted to let you know uh, they're also microdosing. So just be aware of that if that's not your thing. Duly noted. <laughs> I know, right? Um, with that, I guess I'll go ahead and, and um, walk over to an intercom and message the bridge so as you message the bridge and get ready to cast off one more car arrives and a door opens and you see the unmistakable form of one Sir Roger Henley Funt emerging and that is where we will end this episode thank you very much for listening and a special thanks uh, to John for his wonderful work as Vince over season one and into this season. He will be greatly missed. Poor Vince. Poor, poor Vince. So thank you all very much, and we hope to see you next time. Thank you, and good night.